Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 134 of Beer and Other Shit Podcast. This afternoon, we are in glorious Orleans, Ontario, just outside of Ottawa, at Stray Dog Brewing Co. with Mark and Justin, co-founders and co-dreamers. Gentlemen, thank you for having us. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Long time coming? Yeah, big time. Been meaning to do this for a while. I haven't been here in a couple of years. We met, we are just talking about it before, Justin and I met at uh, the CBA's, Canadian Brewing Awards in 2017. Yeah. At the gala when everyone was smashed. <laughs> Were you there, Mark? You didn't go? I was you there. there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm probably under a there. table somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I How good was the uh, throwing the coasters in the air? Do you remember that? During the dinner? I don't think we remember too much from no? uh, yeah. <laughs> we were We were way far in the back. Where all the award-winning beers were at that back oh, bar, you just posted on that all night. And oh, yeah. yeah, so we were like, "Oh, which one's this one?" And we would be cracking a whole bunch before everybody else had a chance. It was good move. Yeah, yeah. that was smart beers, right? Yeah, it was. Oh, it was awesome. I was very, very impressed. So at the time, you hadn't, uh, you guys hadn't opened yet, and now you guess you opened only a few weeks or a month or something after that, right? That was May 2017. Now it's uh, April 28, 2019. Yeah, yeah, I think we opened in June. Uh, July 17th, actually, the doors open. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a few months after. It's yeah. beautiful. Nice to finally see the place. Um, right now, we are drinking the uh, Jagged Little Pilsner, which is not a year-round. It's a kind of seasonal. Yeah, yeah. So we brew that normally in December in anticipation nice. of things slowing down a little bit in uh, January and February. Ooh, and nice. it's, uh, it's cool because we get to do some of the passion projects. When uh, things slow down, we know that it's not, you know, such a hustle to keep all the tanks full. Right. So it's a time when we can let a beer sit in the tank for like know, the six two weeks months. a day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Great name as well. That's not uh, you won't get in trouble for that. It's kind of like I know that everyone's like busting us on copyrights these days. Yeah, it's cool. I guess it's just an album name, so it's not like. A... Yeah, there's a little bit of family history with the uh, Morissette family. I, my family grew up with. Them as well. Oh, from they yeah, they're actually from Ottawa. Yeah. So, no way. Yeah. yeah, my mom was a, a school that. teacher, and Georgia and Alan were both teachers at the, ta- at the same time, too. And so that's kind of how we knew them. Right. Um, now, uh, I thought this would be a great idea, and I pitched it to Justin, and he thought, yeah, man, this would be really cool. And then, uh, of course, we said, you know what, maybe we should uh, just kind of reach out and make sure <clears throat> it's okay. It's okay. And so I, I reached out to uh, to Alan, her dad, and uh, he said, well, people in L.A. may have an issue, but in Ottawa, I don't see it being an issue. So so here it is, and so far, so good. Everybody loves it. Everybody gets a little bit of a giggle, and it's a, it's a nod to a hometown uh, artist. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's even cooler, actually. Worldwide hometown artist doesn't happen all mm-hmm. the time, right? Exactly. Beer is great, crisp, nice and bready, nice and balanced, sweet as well. Yeah, thanks. Crushable. I like it. Great. Could you? I guess it's not possible to make a year-round though, because of the. Uh, probably not. As is. Yeah, it's just um, it's a beer that we like to make it the traditional way, right? As well, where we give it the time it deserves. Uh, you can pump out a pilsner or a lager pretty quick, but 
you know, it's probably not the kind of beer that we would necessarily want to do or right. slap our name on. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. I love it. So let's kick off with the beer story. So whoever wants to go first, how did you get into beer? Well, um, I mean, growing up, I always loved beer, maybe a little bit too much as a teenager. <laughs> no, so but like, uh, <laughs> but uh, I got into uh, the whole craft beer scene just through homebrewing. Nice. It was one of those things that, uh, you know, I have three brothers, two of them started homebrewing. One of them was out in Calgary. The other one was back in Halifax. I was here uh, and I saw that my brothers were doing it. And I was like, oh, that looks, you know, super cool. You know, it'd be nice to have another fun hobby type thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I told my girlfriend, who's now my wife, it's like, honey, we should start making our own beer. She was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And uh, two weeks later, I showed up at her door with a couple of cowboys in my arms. She's like, she's like, uh, what's that? Yeah. I was like, remember, you said we were going to make beer. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, you're serious. And that's kind of how it started. And then the homebrew bug kind of took over. And that's how I got into homebrewing. But yeah, <clears throat> same thing. I grew up, um, I always loved different types of beer. It first started off because uh, when I was going to house parties, like people would always steal your beer. Yeah. I was a Molson X guy growing hey, we've, up. We've all been there. Yeah, okay. exactly. You got to start somewhere, start, right? Start the butter. Yes. <laughs> um, and then I started bringing in like the weird, absurd type of beer so that I knew when somebody was like stealing my stash. That's and then smart. I started really appreciating some of the different beers. And to be honest, I mean, back in the 80s and early 90s, it wasn't a lot to be appreciated, but there was right. still some. So fast forward to uh, sort of like mid 2000s and my son was playing baseball. And um, up till then I was, uh, when I turned 40, I did this blog called uh, 40 Beers for 40 Years. and I would blog about it and uh, nice. it really got me to really appreciate the different types of styles that were out there. Forced you to try some more stuff too. Probably, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And just think, you know, and by then too, like at the LCBO, the choices were a lot more vast than there were before. Right. So, um, so anyways, yeah, my son was playing mm -hmm. baseball and then uh, we had the end of the year party and one of the assistant coaches, um, who's a local guy here, they had said, you got to come to the party. This guy makes his own beer. Right. And I thought, well, why you know uh, my yeah. uncle used to make his own beer too yeah. and it was disgusting you know like you know the one like liter the, plastic bottles right and yeah. it just tasted uh, like shit yeah, yeah, yeah. so I was a little bit um, hesitant going into it so I walked into this place this backyard it was absolutely beautiful and I went into the gazebo where the homebrew beer was and it was in um, like a, an organic green bin Okay. All right. And so I lifted the lid. Well, actually, before I lifted the lid, there was a, a tap, a tap handle coming out of it. I'm like, this is nuts. This is really That's cool. actually kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I lifted up and there was a corny cake surrounded by some ice. And I'm like, man, this is going to be amazing. So I poured myself. A, I remember still it was uh, all Amarillo um, pale ale. And I tasted it. I'm like, I can't believe this, this guy made this beer. And so uh, I went up to him. His name is Andy Lalonde. And he became my mentor for that moment on. I questioned him relentlessly. Dude, I want to come to your house. I want to learn how to make beer like this. Right. He goes, ah, oh, man, I'm brewing every single Friday, building up my stores for the winter, so come on by. And I went there. I asked a bunch of questions. I cleaned. I modeled basically my homebrew system after his. And, uh, and that was it. I just absolutely fell in love with brewing beer and challenging myself and uh, that's how I met this guy actually too right that was my next question how did you guys connect yeah so there's um, 
There's this online community here in Ottawa and slightly outside of Ottawa called the Members of Parliament. And uh, nice. it's called the Mob for short. Okay. Yeah. Like anyway, um, after I had started home brewing, you know, I was I didn't know anybody else that was doing it. I was just the only guy that was making it. I started in the kitchen and the garage and all that stuff. And then the more you do it, you kind of start seeking out people that have similar interests to you. Absolutely. So I found out about <coughs> this group, joined the group, and then it turns out that there was a subgroup uh, for Orleans called the Dweebs. Which stands for drinking with East End Brewers. Amazing. And uh, you guys are the best with like puns and stuff like that. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. So yeah. there's a bunch of engineers as part of the group, eh? They just come oh, up with yeah. these crazy yeah. acronyms. But uh, yeah, so um, there was one of the meetings for the dweebs, they get together every month. People bring their own homebrew, you critique it, you know, uh, just just basically sharing stuff. Mark and I uh, ended up kind of meeting through that. The more we chatted, it was, you know, found out that we were into a lot of the same beers. Fantastic. Uh, you know, we just had a lot of similarities. We were passionate about the same stuff, even outside of beer. Like, had a lot of the same interests in, like, uh, music, movies. And uh, to my surprise, he actually only lived a block and a half away. Right. And I didn't even, wouldn't have even known that. So, That's very convenient. Yeah, so... Uh, Guess so you started then, homebrewing together? Yeah, so we yeah. would be kind of... You know, we would be brewing, we'd be sharing stuff. And then uh, after a little while, we started collaborating. The first uh, beer that we collaborated on, we submitted to a national competition. It was a chocolate coconut porter. Nice. And uh, it ended up getting gold in its category. And it won like, it was second best, or yeah, third? Yeah, second and best of show. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's and, serious. Uh, that was oh, really yeah. Good. So, uh, First time around. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Surreal so, brunettes. That's yeah. right. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. It's a good episode name. Surreal brunettes. That's right. Didn't write that down. We always got to write them down as we go, because otherwise I got to review an episode, try and come up with a funny name. But if yeah. someone says yeah. something during it, <laughs> got to capture it on the moment. Wow. Sorry to cut you off there. All good, man. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So you entered that contest. Didn't you win something for this one as well? Like, I think that's when. Yeah. That's the next step. Okay. So, um, California Common is technically almost kind of like a pseudo lager, where it's made with a lager strain that can ferment a little bit warmer. Okay. So the first time at home that I decided to try to do a lager, I decided to try to do a Cali Common, which is kind of like a half-assed lager. Right. Isn't it like a steam beer? Like it the is. Anchor steam? Yeah. Just like the, you know, like to call it a steam beer. That's right. Yeah. So uh, Anchor is, they've got, uh, you know, the copyright or trademark, whatever it is, is. on the name. But uh, so I ended up brewing that. Sent that off to uh, another competition. It ended up uh, winning gold in its category, and then it won uh, best in show. Damn. Yeah. So uh, killing the game. Just trying to, you know. <laughs> so uh, and then I entered it into another competition, and it won a gold in that one as well. And uh, when we, I mean, to jump way forward, when we decided that we were going to do the brewery and we were going to come out with a beer that was going to be our flagship. We didn't want to come out with something like a Kolsch or a Blonde that was basically what everybody else was doing. Yeah. Or uh, even an IPA, even though we're big time hopheads, uh, we wanted to do something a little bit different. There's, to our knowledge, there wasn't any brewery in Ontario that does Cali Common year round. Is so, there? I don't even know if there is. No. Uh, I don't think there is one on the regular at all. No. There was yeah. one that we saw, comes out, I can't remember, it's a gold can. 
yeah. what the hell it's called anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot lighter than the one that we've got. It's a lot lighter on the, yeah, it's on quite the scale. Different. Okay. Yeah, but you know, we're, as far as we know, we're the only ones that uh, certainly do it as our flagship beer um, and on a regular basis. Nice. So uh, and so far, it's been the same way all the way through. So it was, it was a calculated calculated risk I guess but I think it was a smart move because what's really beautiful about this beer is it's uh, it's kind of one of those those beers that like craft beer nerds really appreciate it for the sort of historical significance about it yeah yeah uh, and then people who are just getting into craft beer uh, sort of really appreciate it as well so it's a that nice entryway yeah and uh, and it's it's so versatile yeah definitely agreed I think that was if I'm not mistaken it was probably the first one I'd had I'd had steam beer but yeah at the time I think I didn't I didn't even know what it was you said Cali come what the hell's that yeah, yeah. And I think you told me that it was the steam stuff yeah. and I was so impressed because I'm more of the you know haze and hops mm. kind of dude yeah. I'm not so much into the multi stuff but the California common is by far my favorite like style of like the malt forward beers and like your one is the best one of that it's phenomenal nice. I can see why it keeps yeah. winning stuff and it's a it's a cool concept to yeah have a flagship beer that's no one else is doing right like really really makes you stand out amongst that very crowded field right now oh um and i think i heard you say refer to it in a way that perfect and this is back then you referred to it almost like uh, a north american version of an esb yes I yeah, yeah. That. yeah and uh when you said it i was like that's a perfect description of the beer you know it's, a little uh, sweeter a yeah. little less like like more carbonated like yeah. I was gonna say, less bland. Like I guess it's because I find like ESB is a little on yeah. the bland side, but I guess it's got like a, the, the caramels tur- turned up a bit, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it like, really works with the malt profile. Yeah, in a way that I think it makes the malt shine. You know, we always talk about. I was like, I'm really on this the Simcoe, whatever. Like you know, the malt really like shine through in that beer. Yeah. yeah. For whatever reason, and it was like that was the one that was the one that put me onto it. So now if I ever see one wherever I go, I'm, I'm on it just because it's such an interesting style that people yes. just don't really like right. want to do so i love it that you guys are doing yeah. that so at what point did you guys decide to start a brew yeah where did that come from yeah so you know we would brew and we would chat and probably around three years or so we would for at least three years we would you know head to his place or my place sit around the kitchen table much like what we're doing right now and we'd split beers uh sometimes it was stuff that we made you know, hey, what do you think of this? Can it be a little bit better? What's it missing? Whatever. What's that off flavor? <clears throat> um, and then um, we'd also break out stuff that we have found at the at the LCBO, right. or maybe trips down to the states. You know, have you ever had this? Have you ever had that? Because at the end of the day, we're we're just big fans of craft beer. Period. Right. right? And yeah. so we really appreciate everything that's out there, and it's what in, inspires us. And so I think the conversation slowly evolved to, you know, we were seeing a lot of craft breweries opening up in Ottawa. And I think at the time I was a tour guide uh, with a local uh, tour company, mm-hmm. part-time, called Brew Donkey. I was about to say, yeah, I heard of them. Yeah. And so I was one of the original tour people. Nice. And so I'd be able to bring beers too. And so we were just, just kind of talking and spitballing ideas. And the conversation just evolved to, you know, I think we can make a good go of this, you know. And if we did, what would it look like? What's our what's our business philosophy? What are the type of beers we would do? What are some of the great names that we could come up with, you know? Right. How could we be different um, than everybody else? And at the same time, you know, like the sandbox is getting a little bit smaller every single time in Ottawa. Yeah. So, you know, we wanted to do it. We wanted to do it right. And so 
Uh, yeah, it, honestly, I think it was a better part of three years where it was just he and I coming up with ideas. I think year three, our wives were kind of getting a little fed up and saying, you know, you're using this as an excuse to, to sit around and get drunk, <laughs> which uh, half of that is correct. But there was an underlying, there's definitely an underlying uh, desire, I think, from from both of us where uh, when Justin said, you know, we had a lot of things in common, one of those things, it's funny because we both come from um, like a public relations background, both working in a not-for-profit sector right. where, you know, we liked their jobs, but it wasn't our, our passion. And beer making was definitely our passion and, and also realizing that, you know, life's too short to just leave it all on the table and just say, man, what if, you know, I'd ne- I don't think we ever wanted to be those guys that said, look back with regret and say, what if? Yeah. So we tried a couple of ideas with, um, with some restaurants, um, trying to encourage them to do sort of get a brew pub endorsement and follow um, sort of the example of uh, what some local guys did where we would brew on their premises, very, very small scale, you know, build our name very slowly. Um, and then the end result would always be this bricks and mortar uh, brewery. Right. Uh, two of those ideas fell through which actually accelerated um, where we are today, which is full on going right into the brewery, yeah. asking people for money. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was kind of supposed to be almost like the last step. And when we got knocked down the first couple of times, you know, it was one of those ones that was like, I don't know if this is ever gonna happen, right. you know? And uh, it's like, well, you know what? If we don't just throw everything we have at it, uh, it's not. And nobody's going to do it for us. Yeah, we got to take the big risks, and uh, we did. You know, and here we are today. Yeah. Yeah. So that I guess it was. At what point did you decide to get this place? So why Orleans then? I guess were you in the area? You guys in the area? Grew up here. Yeah. This is uh, this is home for us. So Tim. Well, yeah. That that was the first and and biggest reason. Okay. We all are residents here. Um, You know, we grew up here. Mm -hmm. I grew up here. we're starting families here. And to be honest, it's a suburb of Ottawa, 128,000 people, okay. and did not have its own microbrewery. Right, so you guys so were the first. We yeah. were the first. And for a better part of a year and a bit, we were the only ones. Right, there's another one or two. Oh, I heard someone else is opening up here. Yeah, right? there's yeah. one more already open, and then yeah. there's one in Ottawa that's that's, that's already in existence, been around for eight years, and they're moving down here too. Yeah, sorry so about that. Okay. Finally, people are starting yeah. to realize yeah. that Orleans can be cool. Right. Hey. <laughs> You get there eventually. Yeah. Okay, sick. So then um, you found this location. We were just talking about it before. So this was two spaces yeah. that you merged into one. And they talked you how to go on three. Yeah. So then I guess that leaves the, the growth you know, question, which at, you're at that point now where you could do with uh, some more space. Is that accurate? Um, be nice. Yeah, it definitely would be nice. You know, uh, refrigeration space is always, you know, important. Yeah. We have to send some of our beer uh, to a refrigerated warehouse. Right. Yeah. So we got a all of our event stuff is at a storage unit as well. So yeah, kind of sucks, you know. And yeah. not everything is under one roof. It's not the most yeah. efficient. Right. And what would be the optimal situation? Then? Just a larger space to accommodate everything: event stuff, refrigeration, and and just room and just room to grow into. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. I guess when you calculated this one, did you expect it to move so fast? Probably not. Yeah, I think. I think we did, but just... Yeah, we knew it would be, I think, yeah, like we knew we would be successful, but you can never really gauge what that success looks like or how rapid 
it grows, right? And so, you know, we knew when we opened the doors, people would come in and they would buy our beer. And so that part wasn't the big worry. Right. It was just how how rapid and then how sustained it was. Okay. Right. So when you did open up, like how was the response from the community who hadn't had a, uh, a brewery here before? I guess they were pretty, pretty stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like you can't say enough about the people that live here, you know, like they're very very passionate and very very loyal right and so it's a double-edged sword because on one hand you're you're very happy that they support you but on the other hand you want to be mindful not to let them down okay you know in what so, sense like um in, in a different in a lot mm. of different ways so i think the one thing that we've always kind of maintained from a business philosophy is you know consistently great products putting out the door if it wasn't good enough for us yeah. to drink yep then we would never sell it Okay. to somebody and so when you when you set the bar your own bar fairly high um, there's constant pressure to, to maintain that right right and then uh, we do a lot of different events uh, within the community to support it um, you want to say yes to everybody but at the same time you can't because you can't be everything to everybody yeah so uh, so there's that as well um, yeah I, I just think that um, you know when people come in here, there's a there's a positive vibe where people feel like you know part of the family right and uh, we want to always make sure that uh, from from the feel that Justin and I give them and our presence here to our staff that it extends from the moment somebody walks into the moment they walk out right that's yeah. no, dope I love it um, the so I guess you would have had like like beer drinkers come in from the community but also probably just people who are excited that a new place yeah. like it opened up and like was that would the people were there a lot of people who weren't like do you have anything like coolers type of type of people coming through and there then you converted them or something yeah well there's um you know it was funny um when we were uh opening the doors i remember my father saying to me it's like justin you know you're gonna scare them off with some of the ipas you need to you know you have like maybe a, a blonde or something like that you know, and it's like, it's like, you know what? I think that we're going to get the crowd that we're looking for. Right. And uh, hopefully we can expose people to other styles that they normally wouldn't be into. Okay. There's, and there's a guy out there actually right now named Bob. And uh, he's probably in his mid-60s. He comes in every day and has a glass of shag and wagon. Nice. He has one glass and then he leaves. And he tells, uh, where he was telling one of the other, uh, one of our servers out there. It's like, this is the best beer in the world. And if one person will say that, <laughs> it'll all be worth that, it. Right. <laughs> if he keeps buying <laughs> in large amounts. Thanks, but, uh, He's got a legend. But there's, oh yeah, but uh, no, there's a lot of people, you know. I'd be out there sometimes and uh, somebody comes in and you immediately think, okay, what would I normally try to sell to this person? And there's a lot of people who are a lot more adventurous than you think. Right, so you can't really read it? They just kind of like, yeah see what's up. I guess if they're coming into a brewery, yeah. maybe they're already open-minded. Because I figured there'd be some people who'd be like just coming with other friends who aren't really into anything much. I mean, I guess you got the pills for the, you know, lager drinkers or whatever. But mm -hmm. yeah, I figure, I guess, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I guess even the Cali Common is probably good for a lot of folks as well. Like, it's not too scary. Yeah, and uh, surprisingly too, or maybe not so much, the uh, our Anytime Pale Ale it seems to be, you know, if, if we don't have the Pilsner on board, the Anytime is that one where, again, it's it's a non-offensive 
still full flavored beer that you know a lot of people can sort of accept on both sides of the beer drinking spectrum right 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 so if we do i find mostly like you know when people come in here for like a say a birthday party they're here for their friend for the celebration they have no idea what kind of beer we've got right and so when they come in and they say you know like uh i want something like a stella or, or a banquet you know first you kind of cringe a little bit and then, and then you say well why don't you try this and so usually the first this is the anytime okay and then uh, and then you see the light yeah i like that that's pretty good and then the second time they come up then you give them a little bit of the uh, the california common and at first like these are people that kind of drink with their eyes, right? So when they see something brown and they see something dark, they're like, Ooh, no, 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 that's too <clears throat> too much. But then we just say, yeah, just try it, you know? And then, then you see the little light bulb go off and like, oh, hey, now I'm a craft beer drinker. Right. You know, and it's, and, and so now they feel a little bit more adventurous. So that part's really cool. But yeah, like you were saying before, people that come into a microbrewery, I think they come in with an open mind, like, show me what you have, and hopefully something will blow me away. Right. Which piece did you open with? So the Cali Common for sure. Yep. Uh, we did Anytime. Uh, what else? Yeah, the Infamous by then? Yeah, we had the Infamous. That was our first IPA. That was uh, right around the time. Uh, um, Prodigy, Prodigy from Mob Deep yeah. had passed away. And uh, was a huge Mob Deep fan yeah, hell yeah. back in the day. It kind of trailed off after. Uh, they, Earth, yeah, so did I. Yeah, yeah, I was listening to murder music the other day with a friend, yeah. and I was like, eh, it's cool, yeah, but it's not, it's not the same. Yeah, it's yeah. too happy. I want yeah. dark. Like it's that's what they for. <laughs> it's like angry. It's like winter music. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. That was sick. Okay. Yeah. Did you have the the um, cucumber one, or was that like a that came pretty like Father's cool. Day? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that weekend actually. <clears throat> so it would oh be December, whatever, right? Yeah. yeah, it was. So that would have been. Um, yeah, I walked in, it was Father's Day weekend, and I walked into that back door, and we weren't open at the time. Like, we, at that time, we weren't open seven days a week. And the place, the place just smelled a cucumber. And I walked out to the front, and there was, like, there was Justin and a bunch of volunteers helping out. And the whole front bar, like, they were peeling cucumbers, chopping cucumbers, putting into their sanitizer everywhere yeah. and sweat and I uh, and I remember hearing like I'm never doing this fucking beer again you know yeah, yeah. and uh, it was odd because I think when we we were trying to calculate it yeah. like it's you know when I think when you figured it out like if you did a one-to-one ratio it would have been over 400 some odd yeah cucumbers yeah, and I crazy. think you guys stopped mm-hmm. at 125 or 127 uh, just out of sheer like I'm done it was 190 oh, we, um, so um, we've got uh, we've got a third partner named Jen she's a little more behind the scenes right right but uh, when we made that beer the first time uh, so it used to be a homebrew thing that I would make <coughs> me. and it was basically <coughs> one cucumber for per gallon so it's like oh, five wow. cucumbers no right, problem right. scaled it up it was going to be uh 400 cucumbers so it's like okay this is just bonkers yeah let's uh let's try cutting that number in half and see what it's like and uh jen volunteered to get the cucumbers so 
even though a beer takes that many, it doesn't mean that you can actually even source that many. So Jen yeah. driving around everywhere. Just buying up all the know. cucumbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like buying a full. <laughs> she's that look pretty weird. Insatiable. Poor Jen. That's a soldier yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so she got them. She got the 200. Uh, and we peeled, chopped all that stuff for like five hours. And uh, it's one of those ones like, I mean, with a lot of our beers, we do uh, we do a watermelon wheat beer as well. We do a, a blueberry saison. And every time we make them, I think to myself, I'm like, why the hell, you know, like why the hell do we bother? Cause uh, it's just hours and hours of dirty, sticky work. Yeah. And uh, in the end, you know, when the beer makes it into, uh, into a can and people are enjoying it and stuff like that. Kind of feels worth it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But also you're just like, you better love yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I didn't think of it like that. Yeah. yeah that's kind of a, a headache. So I guess that one's retired for now. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be coming back. But yeah. uh, so we yeah. found a local supplier. So the last time we made it, we, uh, we found a commercial kitchen that sourced you know, all the cucumbers. They were all grown here in Ottawa. And they prepare it too? They yeah. prepared it Yo, too. Oh, that's the secret. And uh, I was like, you know what? If we have to spend a little bit more just to save the time and, and all that stuff, it, yeah. it was yeah. completely worth it. But the, you know? yeah, I think the important thing too is um, it still had to be like, you know, real ingredients. Oh, you yeah. know, real no, fruit, yeah. real yeah. veg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's the only way you can really extract uh, that true yeah. flavor. And that's what people are expecting from our beers. So. Yeah, facts. Uh, I forgot to ask, where did the name come from? Uh, it was, it was kind of uh, one that we just settled on because the name had changed a couple times. I mean, at one time it was Cuke Skywalker. Yes. But Cuke sounds like puke, and you don't right. want people you thinking think of puke when you're drinking true. your beer. That's true. And uh, a couple other things, and we we're like, well, it's a summer beer, you know. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant the Stray Dog. Oh, sh the brewery. Oh, yeah. yeah. So sorry. Yeah, that would have been great if I you called been, yeah. it Cuke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brewery. Yeah. That'd be really cool. That is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd also be in a lot of trouble right now. I was like, oh, the whole brewery's gonna be yeah, yeah. Brewery's a cucumber brewery, like that. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be kind of like a symbolic, kind of a symbolic name where we kind of considered ourselves like stray dogs where it was, you know, at one point you've kind of got these, there's this thing that you're just really dreaming of that you want to do and you just really want to do it so bad, but you feel like you've got almost like this collar and these chains that are holding you back from doing it. Right. You know, you just keep trying to jump over that fence, but, you know, and there's this the security that comes along with it too, because you know that. You know, if you've got a regular job, you've got your paycheck coming in, maybe you got some kind of benefits, whatever. But uh, if you are really passionate about it and you've got the guts to break free from, you know, all the security just to follow the things that you're passionate about, you know, that's kind of what it was, was supposed to be, like just a stray dog breaking free of the chains that were holding it back from chasing what it wanted to do. Cool. I love that. That resonates. Yeah. We are very big on that, like entrepreneurialism and just like doing your own thing and yeah. hustling for that. And I, I really respect. That's why I love talking to guys like yourselves, like all the owners and the people who have kind of put everything on the line to, yeah. to, to follow this. Yeah. Particularly in a in a tough-ish industry that's sort of starting to, because yeah. it's becoming more and more popular, which is great, but that means there's more and more competition. So that means the cream, I guess, is essentially all the ones who sort of do it right are going to stay. 
So it's a, a large risk mm-hmm. as well. The, the money up front, you need the equipment and ingredients and stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't think you can, you can't really buy passion. Do you know no. what I mean? Like, I think, no. you know, by and large, people can see through the bullshit. Yeah. Right? And so I think, um, I think another reason why people are so loyal to us and why they enjoy coming here is because it's genuine from, like, just from the work and the effort that goes into making the beer to the experience that we want people to have to our even the way we brand ourselves yeah you know it's 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 from the heart it sounds cheesy but it's it's from the heart and it's it's something that we're really passionate about and um you know, we truly believe in and i think when people when that resonates with people you know then they can latch on to it and like yeah, yeah man i can do that too you know yeah. that is cool it's inspiring for folks right yeah, i guess so. oh yeah yeah whether it's like people in your industry or otherwise so I'm sure you get a lot of home brewers probably like asking questions just like you were yeah back when you started I'm sure you probably picked the brains of uh oh, yeah. brewery owners or something like that yeah yeah definitely you know, it's uh, it's always cool and like people always want to talk to the people who own stuff yeah because it's you know it's like a lot of people who are sort of locked into that like the security of a job which is fine I understand that for sure like but then you know it's like this is the aspirational thing like it'd be always so sick to have this thing and it's just really, it's really cool and like it must trip you guys out to sometimes sit back and like yeah we, we did this every day I think we pinch ourselves you know like it's really hard to it's really still hard to believe that yeah. that we're here that the two of us were able to to do this and we get we're lucky enough to do this every single day like you know, this is such a great industry. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're just really uh, pretty fortunate to be able to do this and call this our, our career. Yeah, man. Uh, great segue. I was going to ask how did, speaking of the industry, um, how has it been sort of moving into the, you know, I guess as part of the greater Ottawa beer scene, which I think is one of the more uh, underrated scenes. Yeah. There's phenomenal stuff coming out of here right now yeah. over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very impressed. Like, how's that been working with you know do you is it like sort of collaborative is it like is people welcome you guys has it what's the what's it looking like yeah um there's a lot of awesome people in the local craft beer scene here um i remember when we were launching the california common over at craft your lands down in ottawa there was a bunch of different beers they were launching that night we met the guys from calabogie who immediately we just really clicked with and then uh, the main brewer there, Jamie, ended up going off to Ridge Rock. When he opened up uh, as the brewer there, before they had enough beer on tap, they started bringing our beer in nice. to sell. I love uh, that. Yeah. That seems like a common practice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they're out in Carp, and there was a guy that was here a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he was talking to Jamie over at Ridge Rock, and uh, I guess Jamie told him to come here if he liked New England-style IPAs. So uh, it's really awesome to hear that, you know, your buddies are sending people your way. Yeah. We uh, recently did a collaboration with Flora Hall. Nice. So, uh, yeah, they had our Pilsner on, on, uh, on tap there as well. And then uh, our collaboration beer on tap. What was that? It was uh, Zero IBU IPA. Nice. Yeah, so. Oh, what was that called? I saw Why that. can't I be you? Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And it was just like haze, right? It was just like yeah. all haze. mud. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, yeah it was fr- it was really cool because it was um, sort of the f- I think the first one in Ottawa, anyways. Yeah, and uh, and we had never done one before. And the and zero, the yeah. zero IBU, and um, and same with Rod and Carly at Floor Hall, they had never done one, so we thought 
because yeah, the first idea was like, oh, let's do like a milkshake IPA, but it's you know it's kind of been done. So let's do something that hasn't been done, right? Yeah. That still challenges us. That's still kind of cool, and it's really gonna mess with people. Yeah. You know, people that come in and look at the board, <clears throat> and sometimes they'll pick a beer by like the highest IBU or the lowest IBU, right? Yeah, right, and then uh, and then really throw them off with just zero IBU, but all haze and all you know punch in the face aroma and flavor. Love it. That's sick. So it's like, were you guys one of the first to do, the earlier guys to doing the haze out here? I know Dominion were doing yeah, I think, um, um, haze a couple years ago as well. I'm trying to think from yeah. around that twenty, around the time you guys opened. I don't know if many others were, if I'm so, not mistaken. Yeah, I think Beyond the Pale was doing some stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they might well. have too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tooth and Nail weren't because I spoke to Matt that trip and he hates it. He yeah, I remember, I remember hearing about that too. He was hating on haze. I love it. But I think I he, love how much he hated it. So yeah, he, uh, I think they recently are they, they're putting out one. Are they? Yeah, nice. but I think it's a pale ale or something. Okay. Yeah. I think when we did the interview, they had in the fermenter one that they did a collab with Great Lakes or something that was yeah. hazy, and he was like, yeah. oh, you know, fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was just like rolling his eyes about it. I was like, yeah, you kind of forced to eventually, bro. Yeah, okay, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I think you guys were coming into it. Maybe that was one of the things we connected over was. Yeah. Like you know, would make it pretty vocal that that's our thing. And at the time, it was so much less. Yeah, yeah. Uh, around. So you guys, that well, did you start with anything hazy at the time? So we um, we did. Uh, so we did those first like three or four beers, and then um, so we use a different yeast strain for our New England style IPA and some of the other IPAs we do. Right. So we just wanted to make sure that it was going to be during a time when we could treat the yeast right, be reusing it, all that stuff for it to make sense, like financially. Right. But it was also another one of the passion things. Like, there's, I can't, I don't know, like, some of the beers that we make, they're mostly, like, we know that some people are going to like them, they're going to gravitate towards, but there's some beers that we kind of make for selfish reasons. As it should. It's, it's beer that we want to drink. Yeah. And uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, Mark, it's time we do a New England IPA. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah. And anyway, so kind of started with that. Nice. And that yeah. was in that first, within the first year, like within 2017. Oh, yeah. It was, it was within the first. Yeah. Yeah. I think Shag and Wagon was the actual first, yeah. our first hazy yeah. IPA. Yeah. I remember because I think you sent me that one back yeah. then. Because you were like, as soon as you had one, you would tell me it was one coming. You're like, yeah. as soon as you had it, yeah, so I think yeah. I had the first batch. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, sick. Like, cool. and then started from there. Yeah. Okay, sick. Yeah. That's good. And it's, I guess it's continued, right? Yeah. Well, I see your glass is running a little low, so we yeah. could. Uh... You want to do one? Yeah. You're going to write off something you prepared earlier. Not messing around. So now this has become. This is our, I guess you could say, our, yeah, it's part of the core brands right now. Nice. Um, It's picking up a lot of steam with a lot of different accounts as well. And uh, it's getting, I think, the recognition that it uh, deserves. Definitely deserves. That's uh, great. It got a bronze last year in the Ontario Brewing Awards. Nice. Which, uh, they have a New England category now? Yeah. Nice. Uh, at the time, it was actually just was it everything. IPA? It was just IPA, wasn't everything it? Everything was lumped IPA. together. Yeah. Right. yeah, and so so while it's still you know number one in our hearts, yep, uh, bronze in an IPA category in in a pro- Ontario, a in, yeah, in the, but you know with over I don't know how many, there's over two hundred and some odd in Ontario. I'm not sure how many submitted, but I can tell you a lot of them always want to place in that category and so yeah. for us we thought that was pretty dope just to even get 
yeah. a bronze in a very hard category. Yeah. Um, and again, IPAs, I mean, um, well, as you know, like it's such a yeah. subjective thing, right? So for for this to, to place top three was pretty yeah. pretty awesome. Very sick. What? Um, that's really good, guys. What's the uh, hops in this bad boy? So we've got uh, some of the classic stuff goes into the boil. We use like a little bit of uh, Columbus and Simcoe. In the dry hop, we use a lot of Citra, a little bit of uh, El Dorado nice. as well. Nice yeah. and fruity, gives it that tropical punch in there. That's right. What's the uh, ABV, like six? 6.4. 6. 6.4? Nice. Yeah. Still crushable. That's right. Not going to punch in the head. No, but it'll put you to sleep. <laughs> it still will. These like yeah. it kind of hits you. It's funny, eh? Yeah. It's funny how it does that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice to have. I think that's the the key for my find. My taste between six and seven is the the money yeah. zone. That's the sweet I, spot. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you guys agree. Yeah. I, know. Yeah, I think totally. everyone has their thing because like you know I've had some fantastic yeah. eight plus. Yeah. Uh, you know, New England's like they're amazing, yeah. but there's only so many you can do yeah, yeah, that's in it. the time. And sometimes it's like it's it's a hard uh, fine line to get to hide the booze, yeah. I guess, even though the hops generally do sometimes, yeah. you know, when it gets nine there, you, you can't really do much about it. So usually between six and seven, there's yeah. no booze flavor, still got that punch and uh, enough going on. You can use enough malt yeah. to give it that mouthfeel and stuff. And Yeah, well, I'll tell you too, on uh, the opposite end of the spectrum, last summer we came up with a beer called Boombox. Okay. And it was a uh, 4% session IPA. And uh, we ended up we wanted to really make a beer that it's really hard to make a good session IPA, yeah. still get that same character of something like a six or 7% beer. But uh, we kind of messed around with it a little bit, ended up uh, mashing at a super high temperature, gave the beer a lot of body. Mm-hmm. Even though it was only 4%, we dry hopped the hell out of it the same way we would something like Shag and Wagon or even a double IPA. Right. And it was awesome. It was uh, great. Like you get all the same Loved character it, yeah. you would have from this, just without without the you alcohol. You just drink your drink in six instead of two, yeah. right? You know? And uh, <laughs> six instead of two. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. Good. Yeah. it was so good. Well, and you know, like when you're working in a brewery, sometimes you don't want the high, right? Like you. Want well, I think that was the inspiration too, yeah, right? Yeah. We wanted yeah. something we could drink when we were working. Not to say that you should drink when you're working. <laughs> yeah, I think but, you should. Uh, <laughs> Why not? You know, like uh, keeping produ- productivity up, <laughs> safety. Of course. First. Still zero days with no accidents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two years in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Touch wood. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I like that. That's what people always say that the, the you know, pills or whatever is generally the brewer's beer. Yeah. But anything just light, like usually you work in these days, you're lugging heavy things, you mm-hmm. there's yeah. steam and shit everywhere, hot water oh, yeah. and stuff. And like the last thing you want either mid or post shift is a 8%. Yeah, New England or something, something like crushable but flavorful. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I guess that's that's where it sits. Nice. Is that is that going to become like a year-round thing, or is just like here and now? We'll probably bring it back in the summer, and just because we mm-hmm. love drinking it so much. Yeah. Uh, Sounds like a summer thing, patio beer. Yeah, oh, was, yeah. Beers yeah. yeah. like that are fun to bring back, but you know, there's so many, so many that we've done, and so many that we would like to bring back. And mm-hmm. I know there's many that we want to do and there's only so many brew days in a year. Yeah. So it's really, now we're at that point in year two where we have to kind of pick and choose like which ones are coming back, which ones we have to shelf for a bit and then which ones, you know, we introduce to the world, so. I guess that's, uh, it is the, uh, the tough thing. Would you consider contracting out the flagships 
from somewhere else to free up tank space or to do larger volumes or is that kind of not a really optimal situation? Um, it would have to be uh, probably not. I mean, yeah. it would maybe be something that uh, if we ever got so big, you know, that, you know, uh, actually I have no idea, but I don't think so. Yeah, I think you know, right now it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to keep the money in our pocket. Running, <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, we There's have no enough, margins yeah. if you do it else. We have enough yeah. bills to pay. So, yeah. 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 And we're kind of, I mean, I'm sure every brewery is, but we're just kind of control freaks too when it comes to the beer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you want to make sure that everything that goes into that beer is exactly yeah. the way you want it. And if yeah. there's anything wrong with it, then you're the one to blame instead of someone else. Yeah. Luckily, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. I'm sure every dog will have his day. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I've, no one ever wants to do that. Yeah. Every time we talk, you know, it's, it's usually it's the biggest problem that a growing brewery has is whether when there's physical limitations, what do you do to keep going if the demand is there? Like some people want to stay small. Yeah. Some people yeah. want to grow and they got to figure it out. And one way to do that is to either move spaces or to contract out the the canned stuff or whatever. Yeah, we've had a lot of discussions about like <clears throat> kind of our. You know, our growth plan and and sort of how we want to how we want to do things, and I think so far our philosophy has always been you know grow smartly not quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, every new business has debt, so we were truly really trying to concentrate on paying that down, but at the same time being able to you know hire local people uh, and do the things that you know we like to do. Uh, while at the same time staying out of the red as much yeah, as possible, right. uh, we've seen we've seen situations um, right across Ontario, you know, where there's been that rapid growth, get a bunch of investors, get a whole bunch of money, explode, and then and then you can see either um, the quality sort of levels off, or even maybe declines, or maybe you can see a little bit of implosion happening where you're like, you know, kind of lost that. Lost that integrity a little bit, you know. So yeah, um, it's not our jam. I think yeah. you know we just want to do things our way. We always have, but we want to do it in a smart way. But we're not opposed to growth, but we just want to be careful, right? Uh, and do it the right way. Fair. Yeah. Do you have uh, like an idea of where you want to end up? Like you know where you need where you would like to be in the optimal situation? Is that something you discussed? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. mean, I think it's fair to say. I mean, in you know, I think in conversations when people talk about craft beer certainly we want to be in the top five conversation in ottawa and uh and i think it'd be fair to say we'd like to always be in the top five to ten conversation in ontario as well i think you know right now like let's concentrate within our own backyard where we can control direct delivery where we can maintain that uh freshness and quality exactly and so I don't think that's uh, that's really asking too much. No. But at the same time, we've already set the bar high, so yeah, you know, we've it's kind of screwed ourselves right. yeah. in that yeah. corner. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, I guess in, in this market where like, I feel like this is more and it's kind of a mix of stuff. Let's say people are getting better and better, which is true. There's yeah. also the opposite of that. So it's like you, know, you might as well come out blazing like you have with you know the fire beers that have won awards. That you know people already like which is exactly what you've done and then keep pumping stuff out that uh, another thing I liked what you both said is that you make what you'd like to drink in my experience 
lives talking to folks and as a drinker that the, the breweries that make beers that the owners of brewers like to drink end up being the best mm-hmm. beers because they like you know if you get someone like Matt McTweedy who's an excellent brewer but he doesn't give a shit about New England's yeah. Yeah. like I, all his beers are fantastic but maybe his New England might not be as amazing because he just doesn't he's doing it reluctantly yeah, whereas yeah. like you guys really like this is your shit it's your jam and yeah. like you make that extra fire because you drink it anyway and you already know what people who drink it want to taste so yeah. I find that's a yeah I th- well that's one of those oh, yeah. things same thing where if people say you know when are you guys ever going to do a sour good question you yeah. know uh, which maybe was on the list of questions but um, I know I've never made a sour intentionally <laughs> and I know Justin hasn't <laughs> yeah, and right. if we did you'd never know it. Like, we'd never see the light of day right. and we love sours like we do appreciate good sours and there's uh, a friend of ours that has a brewery here in Ottawa that makes really great sours but you know that's that's his niche yeah and that's what he does very very well and I think what we do very well is what you can see right here and you know at the same time we really like the the hoppier beers and we really concentrate on the quality of those so so why not be really good at your thing and let people who are really good at their thing do their thing and then you can cross appreciate yeah yeah that's fair I've heard that before as well people like someone said to me recently that if someone else is already doing that particular thing in their region really well then like yeah why do I have to do it you know um, there's also other things too like sometimes we like to challenge ourselves like when we made the the Pilsner which is uh, you know didn't brew a hell of a lot of lagers on a homebrew scale but then when you have uh, control over a lot more things you know oxygen pickup fermentation temperature with the tanks all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, uh, doing something like a lager was something that even though we didn't have a lot of experience doing, we were like, you know what, research the hell out of it, pick out the qualities out of a certain style that we like, and let's try and do it, you know, because we also want to always keep kind of pushing ourselves. Yeah. It's the same thing with uh, the Baltic Porter there. It's a 9% imperial lager. Right. So, uh, you know, I mean thought about doing something like uh, an imperial stout because I love imperial stouts but at the same time haven't really had very many uh, Baltic porters no, around here. Few and far between, yeah. yeah and that one kind of scared the crap out of me <laughs> as well because anyway it's big beer huge grain bill takes yeah. a lot of time in the tank you know a lot of people don't think about everything that kind of goes into it but uh, we're super happy with the way that it, it turned out too. That's sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point about like Baltic porters aren't. I can think in Montreal there's a few. Yeah. But yeah, definitely around here it's not a common style or maybe in Ontario in general. Yeah. yeah. So that was the way that came from. You guys wanted to do something that was yeah, it was less just, common. Well, it was also just a style that uh, we enjoyed drinking as well. And there's not very many around. I know right. that uh, Trois Musketeers makes an amazing one. Yeah. And it's like, ah, uh, you know what? This was also around the same time that we were doing uh, the uh, Jagged Little Pilsner. It's like, well, we got some time right now to dedicate to a beer like this. And I think, you know, maybe once or twice a year, it would be nice to do beers that we really like drinking, mm-hmm. but are also intimidating and challenge us too. Right. Cool. Yeah. Hey, why not right, Ty? You grow. Yeah, yeah. Is there any way to kind of like build it forward? Okay, yeah. I like that. 
How do you guys feel about a lightning round right now? Are you ready? Yeah, sure. What? Uh, so you toss so, something out? And, yeah, uh, we've got like a list of questions here. Yeah. So you, it usually doesn't take, you know, it's lightning usually because the molasses round. It takes forever. Yeah. Um, do, we, do we both answer? Both them? answer, yeah. Uh, so, at the same time? <laughs> if you want, it might be funny. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. What's your guilty pleasure beer? Like a beer you would be maybe ashamed to admit to a uh, beer nerd yeah. you enjoy? American Light Lager. Yeah. Any particular one or just in general? Just in general. Yeah. Fair. I don't know. I enjoy the hell out of like a shandy <laughs> in the <hot> summer <laughs> or something yeah. like that. You know, if I'm hanging out with my wife's mom. <laughs> she offers you a shandy you like? I'll bring beer over their place and she'll pour half of it into a glass and then pour ginger ale on top of it. And you're like, yeah. okay. It's very good, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is hilarious. Um, the opposite, beer you would decline under any circumstances. I would actually never decline any beer. Uh, I feel like when you go over to someone's house and they say, you know, oh, you, you know, you're a beer guy, whatever, all we have is Budweiser, you know, and it's intimidated. You know, I don't want people to feel uncomfortable yeah. with what they offer us. I will not turn down any beer that anyone ever gives me. Out of principle, there's certain beers I'll never buy. Right. But I'll never turn one down. I like that. Yeah. I think stylistically, <clears throat> I've always said, you know, there's a lot. I, I'll drink any beer. There's, I, there's certain beers that I just like more than others. Right. But I will try anything. Okay. That's good. Like, there's no, like, say mine would be, like, PBR. I had a bad experience on it, and I just yeah. never drink that beer ever again. I don't have a necessarily have a problem with that has just had a really bad, I just don't think I could really stomach it. Yeah, yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I like that. Uh, what was your gateway beer? What was the one that kind of pushed you guys into craft? Ooh. It's a tough one. Yeah. You know what? Oh, man. I would say locally, Kitchissippi 1855. Okay. But IPA, it was uh, heavy topper. Nice. That's yeah. a pretty good gateway beer. Yeah. yeah. What were you drinking that? Yeah. Not knowing anything about beer. You know, it's funny. <laughs> the first place I had Hetty Topper, I was telling uh, I was telling a friend of mine this just recently. It was it was actually at Whitewater Brewing Company, the right. original one there, the uh, Riverside Pub, mm-hmm. and um, not Australian Chris, but smaller Chris. Uh, and somebody had dropped off a, a can of Hetty, right. and I was camping just nearby. And I walked in and I was grabbing a couple of growlers from the campsite. And he says, hey, man, you ever try this beer? Heard this beer? It's a heady topper. And it's from Vermont. It's supposed to be like one of the best beers in the world. I'm like, yeah, man, that sounds really cool. So he went into the fridge, took out the can and split the can with me. And honestly, as soon as I tried it, I was like, holy shit. This thing is amazing. That's sick. Uh, It may have been something like Steam Whistle for me where... Good. I remember, uh, you know, just being at a restaurant, trying it, and this would have been, you know, probably like 10 years ago or something like that, and thinking it was actually really hoppy at the time, you know, where now, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you can't even taste it. You kind of wish you could rewind your palate to back the way it used to be. When yeah. You, you know? That was kind of like Sierra Nevada for me, too, the Sierra yeah, Nevada Pale Ale. I forgot about that one, too, yeah. where I thought that was like, oh, it's so bitter. And uh, I just recently, re- I think I told you about it too, like it was in cans at the store and, and I revisited it again. I'm like, man, that's actually a really, really good beer. Definitely not hoppy though, right? What's that? Definitely not hoppy. Not as hoppy as I remember it, but it's still really well done in that West Coast style, you know? Like it's just yeah. a really nice, yeah. really nice pale ale. 
I haven't had that for a long time either, actually. Did they, is it around? Like just in yeah, you get it in cans at the at the All right, yeah. it's good. What is your favorite beer style? IPA. Yeah, IPA. Any particular? Well, I was, I think Keddy mm. Topper. It, yeah, it really holds a well, special, like, like a Vermont style IPA. Yeah. Then, oh yeah, totally. Specifically, just Hetty. But uh, well, well, Hetty really holds a special place because the first one I ever had was over at Mark's place, and that was like six years ago or something. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know that today, when people compare Hetty to some of the other Vermont beers or even New England styles. You know, they're like, ah, I just don't quite get it, you know, but... Uh, it's classic, I guess. It's, it's different. Yeah, I just remember it blowing my mind. It's just like on the can, hops yeah. coming out of the person's head. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a great beer. Yeah, it really is. We had it, we were just in Vermont like a month ago, and we went to a, this random Chinese restaurant in Burlington, and they yeah. had it. I was like, you know what, let's do it. And cool. I just, I, I, had, I had a bad batch maybe a year and a half ago, yeah. so it's like, uh, I think hey, I think I was going to kind of falling off. Yeah. yeah. But it was... Phenomenal! I yeah. couldn't believe we both had it. Like I couldn't believe that one you could just get it in a Chinese restaurant because yeah. normally it's a same town. <laughs> How does it pair with Chinese food? Fantastic! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What doesn't it pair with? Like, that's exactly. true. That's very true. It was just really, really nice, and particularly after drinking just haze for the last little while, like and yeah. not too many more of my IPAs, and just going back to that. I'm like, damn, this is yeah an exceptional beer. Like I think that's the you know that's a sort of the issue or almost a problem. Like there's so much haze now. Yeah. You know, and it's really hard to pick out like the truly great yeah. haze beers, even in Vermont. And I like we've, we, you know, individually and together, we've tried a lot of different types. And you know, from frost to foam to focal banger, the alchemist, and a bunch of other ones. I'm sure I'm missing. You know, and they're not every single one of them is a home run. No, but the ones that you do get, you're like, man, that was memorable as hell. You know, there's some better ones out of Maine and yep. uh, and Mass. So yeah, the whole region, New England's killing it, and even New York now. Like, it's yeah, like, man, there's a lot of beers. Like, yeah, it's it's it does become. I know people always say it's a lot, but in Montreal, we just don't have a lot. Yeah. So I'd have to travel to get it all the time. So I don't yeah. feel it at all. Like I feel like it's just it's missing. It's a huge gap in our market. And, Huh. A few people are doing it, yeah. not regularly and not exceptional. Yeah. So I just I, I still think, but then Bar Canada does a drop down there once every two weeks, and they sell out in three hours yeah. everywhere yeah. you go. Yeah. So I feel like there's just I mention it as, I'm mentioning it as much as possible on any of our content because I just want someone to listen. I just feel like it, there's this it's, it's a gaping opportunity for some sort of enterprising yeah. brewer who just wants to open up a brew pub in Montreal that does haze. You're gonna kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just I don't know. You guys definitely have a lot more in Ontario. Like, yeah. whenever we go to Ontario, I'm yeah, yeah. stuck up. Um, favorite beer style, least favorite beer style. So it doesn't mean you hate it, but maybe like, yeah, you're least inclined to. Uh, maybe like Wit or uh, Hef Hefeweizen, yeah. but I had a great Hefeweizen not too long ago. But majority of the time, I normally avoid that style. Which you're not, yeah. yeah. Half of Weizen and uh, smoked beers. Yeah, dead popular. I never understood it at first. I always thought half Weizens were cool. The brewers kept saying it, so I'm not sure if I just like listened too much. Now I can't stand them. Like, yeah. like I, don't, I don't like them at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, because people keep saying, like, yeah, it's just kind of like, just, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't I work. Don't know. Like, there's certain flavors that I think certain people are sensitive to yeah. you know, that uh, it's really hard to get behind. Yeah, it's like the banana. Yeah, and I was going to say, banana, banana and bubblegum are two things I don't like in my beer. Not in a beer. Or, and butter. And butter, butter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't work so well. Uh, favorite beer city, destination, or country? 
Where do you like to go for beer? Vermont. Yeah, Vermont. It's so nice because, I mean, it's only uh, four, four and a half hours away. You just jump in the car, go there. I mean, been to San Francisco, went to Russian River, you know, uh, hit up a bunch of places down there, which were awesome. But Vermont has just got so much great beer coming out. And it's a beautiful state. And um, yeah. people are great too, and and the like vibe us. is really chill. Yeah. So how can you great food? It? Right? Yeah, it's yeah. so just what's not to like. Yeah, I, I was I have a I want to merge Vermont and Quebec, like yeah. just bring them yeah. into us. Mm. They don't need to be in the states. They look like us. They're like Canadian. They're most Canadian Americans, right? Yeah. They're they they separating. Yeah. I heard there was something <laughs> yeah, about feel that. Feel the burn. Oh, they want, yeah, see, yeah, good. Have Bernie as like the yeah, yeah. president of Vermont or whatever. Yeah, Hell maybe yeah. we get a dual citizenship or something. Awesome. Like, bam, bam. We don't have to worry about the border nonsense anymore. Yeah. Then they bring Ben and Jerry's too, and so everybody so wins. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, um, uh, yeah. I know that you've been a lot of places. I've Decent seen enough. some of the videos. You've been down like to Vermont, now in uh, California and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What's your all-time best city? Vermont. Vermont. Burlington, by far. Yeah, yeah. There's nowhere else I'd rather like. I'd rather go for beer. Though one of the most the most surprising city was Los Angeles. Okay. Couldn't believe it. Incredible stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. Like even I'm just gonna say better than San Diego, maybe not better, but it was exceptional. <laughs> like monkish for the haze and stuff. I would love to try some monkish beer. I hear yeah. a lot of stuff. Real I mean it's like other half. Same type yeah, of thing. Yeah. And look, even like from a haze dude, like have you guys been to other half in Brooklyn? We've had a couple of things here yeah. and there. Okay. So it's different when you have a couple of things here and there and then you go there, because that's what I was like sometimes I'd score cans from people and stuff you go there and you have they're only allowed to sell you two tasters at a time that's yeah. the New York law so but I heard there's two of us give me four yeah. so we just share those ones and then you start having eight in a row and it's like you said before about being somewhat indistinguishable yeah. even at a place like that yeah. they all start to kind of blend in a bit yeah. I mean they do they are different but it's it's the first, it really shows you how similar they can be yeah um but yeah, LA, like Monkish was very much like that as well. And they just had so many, I don't know. I was just so, I thought like LA was like, I don't know. Yeah. You don't associate it with beer. Yeah. That was probably surprising. And I was just in Australia a month ago and that's really coming up now. All right. Yeah, I've very heard they've really stepped up their, uh, their craft beer. Dry yeah. hopped Fosters. Um, <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. No, yeah. It's, <laughs> there are, like I was there last year, so at the same time, and I think I, made, I was able to find like four New England. And then this year, like my second, I had a mate, like we planned it out beforehand and he went and dropped me off. I think it was like 21 oh, straight yeah. away. Like I brought him some, I brought everybody some Heady and some Sip of Sunshine and stuff, yeah, like yeah. blowing their minds because that shit would never yeah, yeah. go out there. Some stuff I had from Vermont because yeah. I'd just been there like the weekend before I left. So it was good timing. Um, so I got to try a whole bunch of the Haze and it's it's not as good as Canada. They, they are aware of that, but it's, certainly getting better I think it's a good time nice and they're really I could I was telling some other people recently I think it's like if any brewers from out here I look like I feel like they would roll out the red carpet for North American breweries or if you come down if you did something that's ever interesting because I they're still learning and they're, they're coming up quick because I think access to information people are traveling a lot you know people are bringing beers like other half just did a tap takeover down there they were like uh, for that much was I think um, 15 bucks holy crap because it had to be air freighted yeah, now yeah. right you can't track that on the ship for two months like yeah, uh, you know, the hoppy beers and stuff so people are paying it 
Yeah. They get paid pretty well out there, so it's a different world. But, yeah. um, you know, starting to open up. It's yeah. an exciting time out there. We got some of the craziest hops coming out of Australia and New, and New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think, part of the reason they did the takeover was they were doing, they're all doing because it's harvest time now, the yeah. opposite. They were, uh, they were in New Zealand and Australia, both some of the other half owners I follow them on Instagram and they just had those you know those like the crazy hob factories that there's just a trillion yeah, yeah. cones everywhere like little galaxy and stuff yeah yeah so I think they're buying them all up alright stopping everyone else getting them yeah 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 it's a whole other world uh, first beer you ever brewed well it's funny because uh, remember I said Hefeweizen was my least favorite <laughs> yeah first beer it was it was it was uh my wife used to love Erdinger, and now she can't stand it. Is that a Hefeweizen? It is. Okay. Uh, the one, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they do make a Hefeweizen. Right. Anyway, but uh, it was good. I mean, the first, in my opinion at the time, it was good. I don't know what I'd say now. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I was an American Pale Ale. Nice. I was trying to emulate the first homebrew beer that I really loved. Right, right. Brandy oh, made. that's my guy, yeah. 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 Uh, how were they both good? Terrible? Drain pulls? No, not drain pour at no, all. No, it was it was like the first time I pulled a sample from it. Mind you, this is the very first time you make beer, right. and you realize you just made beer. So you're probably yeah. more excited about oh. it that it's not terrible. You're like, oh my god! It's yeah. like I woke up my wife. I was like, honey, you gotta smell this. It smells just like Erdinger. <laughs> you know. And after she got over uh, being <laughs> the sleepy, up. Eye, yeah. And, yeah. like I still have toothpaste in my toothpaste in my mouth. Honey, it's I'm a bubble gum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it was, uh, mine was an extract. It was all extract, stove top, two and a half gallons. Uh, I gave it to some people and they really liked it. I'm like, oh my God, really? That's awesome. Yeah. That was the one and only extract beer I ever made. Yeah, no need, right? No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy the process, right? Yeah, yeah oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, favorite and least favorite styles to brew? So, for me, they're both the same. <laughs> and it's uh, normally New England IPAs because they're, uh, you use, depending on who you are and what your recipe is, but we use a lot of oats, we use yeah. a lot of wheat, and uh, with the design of our mash ton, once you go over a certain ratio, you know, uh, even if you use rice hulls, you mash out, you know, it can be a nightmare. So, uh, like Shag and Wagon, sometimes we brew that, and it's like... Super easy brew day. Other days, it'll stuck, like it's like stuck mash, you know, and it just drive me bonkers. But uh, at the same time, it's just the anticipation for uh, every new batch, you right. know, tweaking little things, or if it's a new recipe that uses all those oats and all that stuff, you know, you just can't wait until it's ready to be packaged because I don't know, you just yeah, get excited no, for yeah. it. Yeah. And it probably smells amazing when you're hopping and stuff as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably any beer that uses uh, rye. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that a lot. I think rye is apparently the worst, the stickiest oh, of the grains, yeah, right? That's yeah. gross. Yeah. Nightmare. Worth it, though. Yeah. Oh, it makes a great beer. But maybe you need like a cellarman or something. Cellar person. Yeah. Is that a thing you? I heard it in the States. So is that like cellar a person? Thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. totally. everywhere. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's like the cleaner, essentially, Except right? Our cellar people are also um, jacks of everything. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the job, right? They, yeah. they get to learn how you learn. The, oh, yeah. Exactly. But generally, the way people have usually said it to me is that, like they get to Great break knows. and clean all it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We still do it. Still do it ourselves sometimes, too. Yeah, you know what? You got to get yeah. dirty, right? Yeah. yeah. Owning a business, you do everything from 
Yeah. Like the, the glory to clean the toilets. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, worst beer you've ever made? Mine was, uh, <laughs> was a saison. Like on a homebrew scale, it was absolutely brutal. I couldn't get the, I had no temperature control. It was all ambient. It kept right. stalling. That was probably the worst yeah. ever. I tried to do like a really piney, caramelly one where I was trying to highlight Chinook. It was supposed to be kind of like an IPA that was, you know, for the fall. It was a long time ago. I don't know if you're referring to here or. Uh, be both. I think you can be pro or. Uh, yeah. Uh, <coughs> Well, the funny thing is, I normally love the uh, cucumber beer when it comes out, but when it comes time to actually package it, I just hate that beer. <laughs> like uh, when the canning line is hooked up there and every time a lid goes onto the can and it gets seamed, a little bit of beer kind of like slides off. Yeah. And after like hours of getting splashed with cucumber beer, you know, you're like, if I smell this. One more anytime, time. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Exactly. That's why it's a season. Yeah, yeah, I think the right now, the watermelon beer is right up there in terms of yeah. great when it's packaged, drinks really well, probably the worst to make. Oh, yeah. You know, it's one of those things. I laugh every time somebody comes in and says, when are you guys going to be doing uh, the watermelon beer? And then I always look at Justin and I laugh because he, he cringes. <laughs> and, uh, Physically repulsed. Yeah, because of just the amount of work. And you just don't realize how sticky watermelon juice really is and that pulp gets everywhere right yeah and um so i think we made a pact where for every person that comes in asking for that beer we'll put them on a list to volunteer to come in and cut up that watermelon and start mashing it oh yeah good idea yeah Yeah. just to really appreciate the work that goes into it oh yeah recruit the community that's right smart i like it uh what music do you guys listen to when you brew Wow, it's everywhere, I think. Eh? Yeah. Everywhere from like some old school hip hop to, yeah. you know, indie folk to heavy metal to yeah. fucking old school punk. Nice. It's, uh, yeah, it really depends. Like for a little while, um, I was just listening to Bad, Bad, Not Good. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. the album they did with uh, Ghostface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. But, yeah, that's sick. But then, yeah, other times you're just like tired and you just want something that's almost going to comfort you. You know, you're not in a bad mood, just kind of worn down. You know, you want something that's, I don't know, like comfort chill. food for your ears. Comfort food for your ears. Like, yeah. What would that be? I don't know. Like, I mean, normally it's something a little bit kind of folky or something like that. You have to yeah. think about it too much. Just. Yes. Yeah. You know, every morning you come in, it depends on the kind of mood that you're yeah. in. You know, like, yeah. and sometimes it's the kind of morning you're having. You know, if yeah. you're feeling kind of like really hoppy and aggressive and... You know, you'll put on something. Like, that's the great thing about uh, Spotify, right? So you can just yeah. kind of pick by genre or just you put in one band and then all of a sudden you've got, like, this great list of kick-ass music that's going on. And sometimes you just want to get down and dirty yeah. and you want to play shit that you can't play when the doors are open to right. the public. Yeah. And sometimes you want, like, those guilty pleasures and you want to do all 80s, you know, new wave. Yeah. So, you know, there's a bit of everything. Yeah. Eclectic. Yeah. Like the beers. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite hop? Citra. Yeah. Classic. Say for the brewery, yeah, probably Citra. But if we had more access to Nelson, yeah. I, uh, you know. That would be nice. Yeah. I think they, uh, they get bought up by the other half or they're just out of control expensive. Right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure. much. Um, what does your families think of the work you do? 
<laughs> the size says it all. Yeah. You know what? I think depends on what part of the family. Parents are very, very, very happy, very proud of, uh, of what we're doing. You can tell when they're here, like when they our parents them. are here. Absolutely. Like just the, the pride beams and stuff. And um, I, can, I can speak from my spouse's point of view. Um, she's very happy and extremely supportive. If she wasn't, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys for sure. Right. Uh, but at the same time, too, it's a sacrifice. It's a lot of work. And so there's also a lot of, a lot of compromise more on her part than, than on mine, right. selfishly. And so now I'm starting to shift that balance or try to shift that balance back to pay back, I guess, all the... Uh, all the, uh, all the support, the quiet support that I've been given. That's cool. And then uh, my kids don't give a shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't get it. As soon as they turn 16, they will. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I hope so. But yeah, right yeah, now, it's fine. They're like, they're still understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my experience pretty much exactly the same. My parents live in Halifax. It's where I'm originally from. And uh, whenever they come to visit my father, he's here the whole time because he loves it. There's a lot of, there is a lot of pride. It's, it's really cool. Um, you know, same thing, like, it's, you kind of feel like you're being pulled in different directions yeah. sometimes, too, where it's like, if you don't put in this time at the brewery, it's going to go under. If you don't put in the time at home, you know. I can go under, too. They're both very important, you know. But, uh, yeah, my wife, super supportive, very understanding. Anybody that's thinking about opening a brewery, <laughs> if they have a partner, yeah, everybody has to be on board. Yeah. But uh, every Friday, my wife, almost every Friday, my wife and my two kids come in and it's the highlight of my day where I can kind of hang up my hat here and go out and have a beer with them. And it's just, you know, you see your family growing up yeah. in a business. That, yeah, it's pretty awesome. You know, that you're building. That's dope. Are your wives involved in any way or is this more support? Like uh, early on, early on they were. Uh, they spent a lot of time here when we asked. Um, you know, they both got their smart served and, yes. you know, they helped behind the bar and they would help at events and they still do. Um, Justin's family obviously is a bit younger than mine, so it's it's a lot, it's a little bit harder, I think. Um, where my kids are a little bit older, she's got a little bit more time to be able to dedicate when we ask. But yeah. uh but I, I think without hesitation, if we if we were in a pinch and we needed their help, they'd be here in a second. They'd be dope. That's dope. Uh, last one. What's your favorite adjunct? I mean, the answer is lactose, but clearly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Mine's coconut. Oh, that's a sick one. That's yeah. a very close second Ooh. to like. You know what? Uh, coconut's also a bitch to yeah. work with. <laughs> I hear it's uh, horrendous. A lot, of, a lot of brewers have to like physically at home in a home oven, like uh, roast oh, it or whatever, and it just takes forever. Yeah, well, there's lots of different things that kind of come along with it if you're. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I'd probably go with maybe just something like oats. Whatever. Although, actually, no, I hate oats too. <laughs> Pain in the ass. I mean, maybe uh, on like uh, a, you know, a drinking, maybe it doesn't have to be brewing side because yeah. I guess it's like different sides of you, right? Because it's yeah, pain in yeah. the ass versus I love drinking it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. Some of the fruit stuff sometimes is really cool. Like as long as, I, as, long as I'm not the one juicing it or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's really nice seeing the way that it can shape a beer or yeah. what quality it can bring and how it highlights certain things. That's yeah. dope. Are you guys team lactose? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It depends, I think. Like... The ones that we've made with lactose have, has been really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, 
We've done a, an IPA with lactose. We've done like no. a stout, like a milk stout type of thing. We did. Yeah. Uh, we did a, a porter. That we yes. did. Uh, that was with coconut and yeah. chocolate. Ooh. Coconut, chocolate. That's lactose. That's Conda. That's that was a guilty. Yeah. That was yeah. actually literally a guilty pleasure. It was called guilty pleasure. That's yeah. sick. And that's the one that it was based on our first like homebrew collab. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Would you bring that back? Maybe. Like it was. It was kind of like our. Uh, it was our Christmas beer. Yeah. yeah, sounds like a Christmas. It's beer. pretty rich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not cheap to make. No, no. coconut's probably no. the worst but, part, right? Yeah, but really nice I, in small, small quantities. I think you know it's one of those things where you enjoy with friends. Okay, uh, yeah, you know? I like that. I'm glad that you guys at least are on board for the lactose in yeah. general. Oh, would you would you put it? Would you do a night like a whether it's a lactose IPA or milkshake? Which I guess the only difference is vanilla. Yeah. Is my understanding. Yeah, would, yeah. would you guys do that, or you feel like that's kind of um, done? I don't feel like it's been overdone, and the thought has been, and you know, it's gone through my mind before. Uh, I feel like I'd have to try something too that I really like, though. Like I know that, so uh, Lush, yeah, I, uh, Frost, yeah, Frost. I've had Lush. I've never had Lush Lushicle. Oh yeah, I haven't had that either. You know, but I'd like to try something kind of like that that would give me the inspiration to do it. Right. Have you had any of the other half like dream ones? Because they're just like lactose IPAs. No, no. no. Super subtle. It's weird. It's not because they're not milkshakes. So yeah. they're like, I didn't even know what it was at first because it's just like any, they have variants of all the different ones with yeah. dream in it or daydream or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's always interesting because you didn't realize at first that it was because it's not super advertised. And the Aussie, one of my friends in Australia owns a brewery and he told me that See, they do some New England and they put lactose in the New England, but they don't really talk about it. They don't use that oh, as a part of the thing. It's more for the body and the oh, really? mouth, or just not not a yeah. ton. Yeah, like I didn't, I couldn't tell until he told me later, and I was like, oh no shit. But yeah. it's just like it's on the can, like contains lactose, but it's yeah. not like a part of the branding. Yeah, and I think if it adds <clears throat> to the whole experience of the beer um, and doesn't overtake it, so that there's yeah. that full balance, why not? Yeah. Oh yeah, and like I mean. Sometimes a little bit of sweetness can help bring out a little bit of the fruit character of the hops, you know, and a little bit of extra body. Yep. You know, it can't be a, a bad thing. That's it, right? Yeah. It's all going to be balanced. Yeah. Um, so that's the end of the lighting round. What are we looking? That was a molasses, though. Rosie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can see it's how never, that... You see what I mean? Yeah. Because you end up on tangents, it's easy. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy it's, it. It's not one word. Yeah. No, yeah. never is. Some, I think maybe one time ever someone just did it one word, but I think they were like really had to focus on it. Because there's always yeah. like a story around the thing, and that's oh, yeah, yeah. totally interesting, right? Yeah. Did we cover everything that we want to make sure we got in today? I think so. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything, because this is going to come out pretty soon after recording, is there anything that people should be, you know, staying tuned for you've got some beers you said you guys do uh, a new beer every two three weeks yeah so there's always something new that's so always worth coming down oh yeah um but is like in the next immediate few weeks is there something that you can let people know yet or is it yeah. oh yeah 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 so we've actually got a beer that's being dry hopped right now it's recirculating through the tank with some hops so nice. whoop ass will be coming out in uh two weeks nice so what is that one so uh it's another new england style ipa this one's about never too many. Uh, can never open enough cans of pass. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Exactly. So, yeah, it's about uh, 6.6. 6. 6.6? Nice. Yeah. It's got uh, some of the big guys, you know, like Citra and Mosaic. You know, and, uh, it's a good, tasty beer. Nice. Yep. Probably, yeah, uh, maybe highlight too, like some of the uh, the one hop beers that we do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll be doing another one too, but we've done nine, I think, so far. Okay. Uh, eight. Yeah. Eight, sorry. Yeah. Uh, What's the that called? One. What's the. So one Hop Wonder series. One Hop Wonder, okay. 
And so just like any other one hot, one like hit wonder, beer, it's yeah. like it's a single hot beer, exactly. And, <clears> and it's one of those fun things that we do where it's the same grain bill every time, highlight one hop, never brew it again. Yeah. And uh, so the last one we did was uh, Amarillo, it's the one we currently have right now, which is f- kind of fun. It's a funny yeah. story behind Amarillo because it was a, a hop that we really liked as homebrewers. And then we sort of ran into not so great hop year, I think, one time. And right. I know you were pretty pissed about yeah. the fact that there's a lot of beers that you were using Amarillo in and it just wasn't hitting what it was before. And I think. Mm-hmm. We just kind of swore off Amarillo. Like, our hands up. No more Amarillo. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then I don't know if you just came across like a really nice batch. I don't know what year it is, 2018 yeah. or something. And it came out. It's really nice. Like yeah. it's, it's soft, orange zesty, not in your face, but at the same time, it's really interesting to drink. And which is a lot different from the one previous, which was uh, Enigma. Yeah, right. And that was probably the most divisive IPA oh, ever made. Yeah. 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 You either honestly loved it or hated it. Right. Yeah. If you don't love the, the dank. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, it's a bit of a dank. Yeah, it's not yeah, happening yeah. for you. So it's been fun. It's a, it's a really Sick. cool series. And we do that all the, like, we do that at least try to do it once a month, once every two months, I guess. Okay. Whenever, you know, we can get our hands on an interesting hop that we want to work with. Yeah. Switch it up. Yeah. And then for the summer, is there anything people should look forward to? Uh, we're going to be bringing back some of the other ones, you know, like Cucumber will be back. Close. We have uh, a beer called Bleu Nuit, yeah, nice. which is a uh, blueberry saison. Nice. That uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's the beer specifically or just uh, growing up in Canada. I don't know if you're familiar with Bleu Nuit. I mean, for us. No, Canada, you know what that is. Not appropriate. Like you can say whatever you no, want. No, it's very appropriate. Yeah. So um, it was one of those things that like... Uh, you know, on a, I think it was on a Saturday night. Saturday Night Live was over. You know, it was a French channel. Oh, yeah. the point. Yeah, like before the internet. European. Before the internet. When yeah, just softcore. Hard to get those ones, and yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it was uh, that's sick. Yeah, one of those things that like uh, it was funny. <laughs> Normally with our beers, you brew the beer and then you try to think of what the name is yeah. going to be afterwards. But uh, the name Blend we Oh man, we got a name a beer Blend Nuit. <laughs> so we shaped a beer around the actual the name. name. That's sick. And. Uh, yeah, and so we have people come in and it's just they laugh. They love it. Yeah. yeah, it's funny when you do, when you, you know, you have a tour come in and then you talk about Blue Nuit <clears throat> and you can really tell your demographic because you'll have like certain people will snicker or laugh or, you know, he, and then you'll have just blank faces and those are like, the blank faces, are the ones like, man, nah, I have no idea what Blue Night, what is like, so like, funny about that. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. But that's the internet age, that's the millennials, man. It's a whole other game. I, is it an Ottawa centric thing or is it? Ottawa Gatineau, uh, even into Montreal, I think, though. Um, yeah, but if you're in Toronto, you probably don't know what they No? No, was it in, in Toronto? Well, oh, I forgot I this, the French station, right? Well, it was, I mean, growing up in Nova Scotia, I watched it many a night. It's <laughs> <laughs> always over a few beers, like, all right, guys, yeah. softcore night. Yeah, yeah. your mom and dad, you catch them watching it, you know, I don't learn French, yeah, it's cultural film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why, they're very sexual it's over there. so naked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, hanging out. Yeah. Where can everybody find uh, Stray Dog online? What's the website? Yeah, website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Everything. We're all, all, all over the socials except for Snapchat. No, you didn't worry about that. That's, that's for the 12 year olds. Yeah, those are the ones that don't drink. Yeah. Yeah. Or, maybe, you know, maybe they do. Yeah. We, we do a lot of, uh, yeah, you want to follow us like on the social medias is exactly where all across the be. socials. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perfect. And what's the address if people want to come down? 
Oh, 501 Lackhole Way, Unit 4. We're in the Taylor Creek Business Park. Can't miss it. Signs everywhere. Seven days a week. Seven days a week. Come through. New beers every few weeks. Wicked tap room playing hip hop. We have to tell them stuff for the podcast. Sorry about that. I'll put that back up in a sec. Um, but guys, that's it. Thank you again. Really appreciate it. Um, if y'all enjoyed the episode, mate, boom, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast. Check the long form audio so you can hear very attractive gentlemen like Uncle Mark and Uncle Justin here talk about craft beer. That is it, y'all. We'll see you in the next episode. Get in ya.